0: Welcome to Eye on the Illini. This is Mike Kegley. We're going to have Matt Stevens live from Minneapolis and Kedrick Prince to talk about the game. The incredible comeback when John Paddock came into the game on 4th and 11, goes 3-for-3 three three for 85 yards and a touchdown, finishing with a 448 quarterback rating, and leads the Illini to a 27-26 to come-from-behind victory over Minnesota. We'll be right back in a minute. Are you looking to grow your business? Do that with the Illini Guys radio network by broadcasting on the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular. We have over 20 stations, including stations in Chicago, St. Louis, Champaign, Decatur, Springfield, Bloomington, the Quad Cities, Rockford, Peoria, Marion, Quincy, and Jacksonville, amongst others. You can reach over 11 million people in the state of Illinois by partnering with us. Send me an email Mike at IlliniGuys.com. And let's find a way that we can build your business together. And as promised, this is Mike Kegley here with Matt Stevens, who is up in Minneapolis. I'm very jealous because I would be at Fat Lorenzo's at some point in time this weekend, at the be- one of the best pizza places in the country. And of course, Kedrick Prince, who is also uh, talking to us about this incredible win that I think all of Illini Nation had kind of decided that the game was over after the punch-out touchdown. Uh, you know, it was just one of those things. But but again, Matt, w- what was going on from your standpoint right there at the game? You could hear the crowd. You were in the press box. How did that un- un- unfold for you guys? Unfolded in a very weird way, I have to admit some
1: really bad work on my part because I'm writing the instant recap for Illini guys today and it involves me pre-writing a whole bunch of stuff before you know triple zeros hit the clock and I didn't even know John Paddock was in the game and so I looked up and I wanted to know why number four was in the game um and sure enough I I, number four is in the game and then do to do to do three passes later, Illinois is taking a 27 to 26 lead. And, and two of the passes, I think are about as good as I've seen all year um, by an Illinois quarterback. And, and they're both, you know, the, the, the touchdown pass that to Isaiah Williams was just thrown right in the basket. And, and it, it was, it's an amazing, um, you know, it's an amazing win for Illinois. It's an unbelievable win for Illinois. It does so much for this, for this team in this season, uh, but I, I just, I just felt like Illinois had all of the momentum and then just, you know, gave the game away almost, or at least tried to in the second half with the turnovers, you know, they, you know, Minnesota gets nine second half points, Mike, and they all came on Illinois turnovers. And and I, I just felt like if Illinois could take care of the football and, and just kind of bleed the clock, um. They were going to win the football game because Minnesota's offense, once Johnny Newton came in the game in the last 30 minutes, wanted no part of being out there, especially their quarterback who I was skeptical of before the game started. So a hell of a win for John Paddock, a hell of a performance, a kid that, you know, I covered his commitment to Illinois, which was kind of strange in the sense that, you know, it was Kent Brown who had to text me. Cause I, I used to live in Ogden way back when, when I was a kid and he goes, you know, Matt, I know you used to live in Ogden, you know, the Wright family out in St. Joe, like they have that property out there. That's that's his family. That's his great grandfather. That's his grandfather. That's his uncle. That's the Wright family. Um, he comes in here. It's an Illinois family legacy thing. But he thought he was going to be able to compete to win the starting job. He's a six year guy. He doesn't win it. And then he gets an opportunity like this and, and makes the most of it and is is directly impactful on Illinois picking up a W. And now Figuring out a way to maybe get bowl eligible here in a season that that can be very very salvageable now for the for Brett Bielen with program and um, it's just a huge win and 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 a win that flips everything just like that touchdown pass to John Paddock and Isaiah Williams. Isaiah Williams flipped everything today. It was just a range of emotions for a whole bunch of players today that that ended up in a in, in a good in a, in a unbelievably good moment for the Illini.
2: Well, I'm going to tell you, Matt, you're not the only one. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know John Paddock was in the game because I was sitting there potting like a two-week-old 2, two week old infant baby because I thought the game was over. And I look up and I thought, number four, I'm like, wait a minute. That's Newton's number, but he doesn't look like Newton. And I'm thinking, what the heck is going on? Then I'm seeing this guy coming here, you know, looking like Clint Eastwood, you know, you know, you know shooting bullets everywhere and just hitting dimes. He was great. It was a great, great win. I mean, Matt, you're right. This was good for the program on so many different levels. Um, just from a, a mental standpoint, I'm really, really happy for Isaiah Williams because, you know, people, most of us, and if anybody say that they thought their the game was still Illinois really still had a chance after that, they're probably lying to them, themselves and to us because that was a huge momentum killer. And I'm really glad that. They threw the ball to him and he had the game winning touchdown. That's kudos to the staff for believing in him the whole nine yards. So just a big win. Uh it's good for the program. You know, now they can't make any mistakes because they made enough mistakes, you know, in earlier games. Now you just gotta look, you know, take one game at a time. And also we gotta let the rest of the conference play out because there's a lot of games left within the, you know, within the West Division and teams are gonna continue to beat up on each other.
0: Yeah, this was a, was an interesting game. I think, again, there was a lot of flack for the defense, and the defense has not performed at a level that they they were expected to. And somehow, today, for one half, they played like they were supposed to, the, like the preseason expectation, and maybe the swagger that was coming out of the Smith Center in the offseason. You know, in the second half, they allowed a grand total of of uh, sixty nine yards. They allowed nine points, as Matt said, all nine points. The six point touchdown and the three point field goal came off of Illini turnovers. Um, they beat the tar out of the Minnesota offensive line, and um, really made it hard on on everybody on their on that that side of the ball to want to do much of anything. And then that's what people expected the Illinois defense to do. They just didn't expect that it would take until they were three and five for that defense to show up that way. Um, and the first half Illinois struggled <clears throat> to stop much of anything that the Gophers did. And thankfully the Illinois offense was having a similar day against the Gopher defense. Um, all in all, I, I wonder Matt and, Ked and I talked about this in our first instant take. Is this what Brett Bieleman needed to teach this team about how to come from behind, about how to suck it up in the fourth quarter in terms of being on the road, down a starting quarterback, statistically probably in the high 90s and the chance of losing, and even with a minute of football, say, hey, there's that's still a lot of time left in a football game to win it. And and is this maybe that that final piece that this team needed and maybe even this program needed to become a little less snake bit? Why well, Brett Bielan was joking in postgame, he's like, Yeah, that's exactly how I drew
1: it up, right? You know, the backup quarterback chucks a fourth and long to, you know, the middle of the field, and and then sure enough, it ends right ends up right in the basket of, of our best receiver. Um No, Mike, I I think what this is a testament to, because they've done it before, quite frankly. They've done it, you know, against Maryland. They've done it against Toledo in the opener. This team's kind of made a habit of of understanding time and situation. And I talked to John Paddock after the game, and I think it's a testament to him being ready to play. You're talking about a sixth-year guy who, you know, I think it's a big deal that he's a six-year guy, and that's why he was ready to play. And he was mature enough to understand that his moment was probably going to come at some point, and it did not need to come in a game against Penn State where, the, you know, it was mop-up time for Luke Altmaier after four picks. That was not going to be John Paddock's time. Brett Bielema kind of had a conversation with John Paddock and said, hey, look, there's going to be a time where we're going to need you. And Mike, you've known this, you know, basically since Brett Bielen was taking over the program, the backup quarterback has had to do something in a game each and every year for the Illini to pick up a game, pick up a win. It happened today. And John Paddock was ready because he, he'd played before at Ball State. He'd seen it at least at the MAC level. He's a 6th year guy, and he had prepared each and every week like he was a starter. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but that's really hard for somebody to do When they've been sitting around for two months and they haven't gotten any playing time and they wanted to compete for the starting job and they got beat out by a 20 year old. Um, That's really hard to maintain that kind of composure I give that I give that young man I don't want to say he's a kid he's a 6 year senior. Um, I give that young man a lot of credit for the way that he's acted this entire year and being ready for that moment. And then when the moment came, he executed, and he executed brilliantly. But I think Illinois has always been really good at executing these late drives. Like, and I think it's situationally what they do in practice and the way Brett Bielema prepares his program. I don't want to say. I mean, I don't want to give this too much credence, but it's a very Belichickian, look, we're going to need these last-minute drives because they're going to decide football games and they're going to put points on the board. Brett Bielema is screaming. Told told me today. He's uh, tonight. He said. I was screaming at Barry Lunny. Look, there is a minute left. There's a hell of a lot of football left um, on this game. What can we do with John? And then Barry's, I guess, response is, well, we can do anything with John that we've been doing with Luke, you know, he, you know, and so um, I have poo-pooed that all year. I think John understood, Hey, if I'm going to win this football game, I probably ought to get the ball to number one. And, and, Isaiah Williams just showed out today. I mean, honestly, that last touchdown is a testament to, you know, he walked me through the whole thing he actually ran a different route than he's supposed to on that play because he knew that he had beat the linebacker and he knew this was, could be a touchdown. I mean, that's a veteran guy understanding where his role is in the offense um, and having enough confidence to be able to know this is where I need to go because if I go here, I think I can get a score. Um, and it happened, you know, 13 receptions for over a hundred yards. I really think Isaiah is going to end up being the offensive player of the week in the Big 10 come Monday morning. Um, I would, and, and I think he deserves it. And I think Ked talked about the fumble. I think it's a great, you know, message to everybody that, you know, in this locker room, that even if you have your worst, what you think is your worst moment, you know, three minutes later, it can be your best moment. And it, and it can turn into be your best moment. So I think I think Illinois has always been this kind of mature team under Brett Bielmo because of the way he prepares them for these these types of moments. And the other thing, Mike, is that you mentioned the defense. I'm sorry, but four being back on the field made all the difference in the world. I'm like I, and and I knew that was the case. And, and honestly, having a healthy 88 too, because Keith Randolph played his butt off in the first half, even though that they weren't getting any stops. But you pair him with Johnny Newton, and it's no coincidence that Johnny Newton comes in, second defensive play, he gets a tackle, third defensive play, he gets a sack, and Minnesota's offense was never the same ever again. Um, Because that quarterback wanted to be anywhere else but the field, the playing field, the rest of the afternoon. And um, I think I saw that he was one for six for six yards in the third quarter. I mean, it was it was an unbelievable flip because they knew 44 was going to wreak havoc. It's it's very very similar to when Andomikensu was at was at Nebraska and how much of an impact he made as a defensive lineman in college football. Johnny Newton makes that same sign of similar impact, and the game just ch- changed on a dime. And you saw that Illinois. I think Minnesota because of the way we talked about this on the Illini, um on our on our radio show this this week, Mike. The way that Minnesota strategically plays and 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 schematically plays on offense, I think is the best matchup for Illinois on defense. You've seen it three straight years now where Illinois has come in with two of those years, both of them being here, I think, with a, a team that was at least equal or less in talent or at least experienced talent. And Illinois schematically was able to figure out a way to to stop Minnesota enough to get a win. They they held them to six points two years ago, they hold them to nine points in the second half this year and get a W. I think that it, I think there's a huge schematic advantage for Brett Bielema against PJ Fleck. I think there's a reason why Brett Bielema is now ten and zero against Wisconsin against uh, Minnesota um, all time. And I think it, I think everything came to fruition except for the turnovers in the second half. If Illinois could have played a clean second half, I don't even think they need John Paddock heroics to win this football game. But they didn't. And then John Paddock was able to kind of save the day because he was ready for the moment.
2: To me, the day, you know, is about number four, Mr. Newton and John Paddock. That's what Illinois fans should be thinking about right now, because in the fourth quarter, Number fours, plural, showed up. I thought it was huge. Um, You know, Matt made a comment about being a senior. Any kid to sit on a bench as long as you have. And here's what is impressive. I've been one of the people, and we've all made our comments about what we like on offense, don't like on defense, blah, blah, blah. But to have a kid come in and not have any reps to come in and start throwing the football like that, that's huge. I don't think people realize how hard that is to be sitting for at forty-one degree temperature for four quarters to be able to come out there and, and throw the ball like that. As happy as I am for Isaiah Williams, and I know this is not a realistic uh, uh, situation; it's probably not going to happen. But I would love to see Don Paddock win Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week only because that was just that's a lifetime experience. And I know, Matt, you're right. Isaiah had humongous numbers, and I get it, but that was special you know, just for Illinois fans in, in general. Um, you mentioned the defense a little bit. Um, I don't want to, you know, jump the guns. I know Mike's probably going to ask about that. Uh, I give kudos because you have an All-American and you got two of your better players back. But for the fans who were out there trying to get rid of Aaron Henry for the every other week, the guy gave up 69 yards and a half and only gave up nine points. And all, all nine of those points came off turnovers. Yeah,
0: and I think, I think if you want to give Paddock the defense the the offensive player of the week. You do that based on the fact that he had a four, a 448 uh, quarterback rating because <laughs> he went three for three for 85 <laughs> yards on a touchdown. So that's not bad to do that. Uh, it's not bad when you come in on fourth and 11 and uh, go three for three, you know, in, in that time. And I went from, well, this game is over to did we score too quickly? So, you know, that's the biggest turnaround I think I've ever went Um, you know, but I will, I will say one thing that, um, there were a series of tweets from the Illini stats and notes, um, account. And it's one that if you don't subscribe to, um, you know, you probably should, if you're an Illini fan, it's going to piss off a lot of people, but I'm kind of tired of the every day let's fire coach Bielema because the interesting thing is, is the season isn't over yet. But already he's tied for – he is third on most Big Ten road wins in his first three seasons of Illinois since 1940. Makovic has nine, Tepper has eight, and Bielema's got seven. So he's he's got a chance. You know, he's got a win at Iowa. He could tie for second in that. Um, his 11 Big Ten wins through his three – his first three seasons at Illinois are the most since Tepper won 13, his first three seasons. So theoretically, if he wins two out of three and goes to a bowl, he can tie Tepper. And, um, you know, he's beat Minnesota for the third straight time, which is first time since 93 through 95. Um, so my only point is, it's really hard to win at Illinois and, And I know I'm an Illinois fan. I have been my whole life. But Illinois has not hired the best coaches. We know that. But if it was easy to win at Illinois, I'm assuming it would have been done a lot more often since 1967 than it has been done. So Bielema may not be the perfect individual. I'm not trying to say he's Bud Wilkinson, you know, reincarnated. But what I am saying is, is you got to build the foundation and, and maybe he's building those steps that is needed to get this team to take the next step up. Um, I will, I want to get your guys' response to that. Two things. One,
1: Mike, how about the fact that Illinois could get to five and four and maybe get to Indy? Like that's still on the table now. I mean, like Illinois wins out, they get to five and four I believe they would need some help. I, I think, but I think they can still get to Indy. Um, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I'm saying that Brett Bielema has always prepared this team to be at its best in November, short of last season's collapse. Like that, that's what irked him the most was that he's always been at his team at its best in November and they just didn't do it last year in a year that they had eight wins, you know? Um, if this team plays its best football in November, there's a chance they get to Indy. I mean, I, I don't think anybody thought that was happening at the end of September. Two, I guess I'll add one more. Two, you talked about Brett Bielema. How about Barry Lunny today? How about a hell of a day that he had today? Because I thought Barry Lunny had a hell of a day today. Like, I, I, I don't remember a whole lot of... Short of the one drive where like, they had first and five and they didn't get the first down like because Barry decided to get cute because I don't think he's ever had a first and five before um, yeah. and didn't get the first down, I thought Barry Lunny had a hell of a game today. And, and I Look, Barry gets credit for making sure that John Paddock is ready for that moment as much as John Paddock gets credit because Barry's the quarterback's coach along with being the offensive coordinator. So John Paddock and Luke Altmyer and Donovan Leary and Cal Swanson and every other quarterback, Kirkland Meshu, all of those quarterbacks are in Barry's room every single day. And he is, his job along with being the offensive coordinator is to prepare that quarterback room and the fact that John Paddock was ready to do what he did. I thought Barry had his best day at Illinois today period. Like there's no doubt in my mind. And I know there's been a lot of hand wringing on our boards about Barry Lunny. Brett Biele was not going to do a darn thing with Barry Lunny. um, At the end of this year, I, I I've tried to make that explicitly clear to everybody. And I thought Barry Lunny had his best day. And when, when they get the ball to number one, as many times as they did, this offense looks really, really good. And when they have a running back running back like Caden Fagan um, this offense looks really, really good. Because Mike, when he turned the corner today for that 50-yard touchdown, wow. Like, that's exactly what a Brett Biedemann running back is supposed to look like. And and I'm telling you, Tyler, Nub- Tyler Nubbin is a first-round draft pick as a safety coming out of Minnesota, and he's a legit talent. He absolutely is the best player on Minnesota's football team. He wanted no part in tackling number three in the second half of this football game, not a bit. And that's an NFL first-round draft pick that was basically like, now I've had enough. Like I've had enough of this 250-pounder who can run like a like a deer down the sideline. I I felt like Caden Fagan continues to get better and better, and I feel like he could be offense. He could be freshman Big Ten freshman of the week this week because of the all-purpose yards that he put up today not only as a runner, but also out of the backfield as a receiver. And and I, I feel like he had his best day. So Barry Lunny has figured out a way to get one, get three, and get nine some confidence, getting one and three of the football and get nine some confidence throughout this entire game. And what did you see today? They had a whole bye week to figure out what they were to self-scout themselves. And then what did Illinois do? They went up and down the field scoring touchdowns in that first half because they, they were able to scout, self-scout themselves and figure out what they do well and package it in a way that Barry Lunny has never been able to do. I thought he had a hell of a day today, and I think it proves once again that Brett Bielema, if he trusts his assistants the way that I know that he does, things are con- going to continue to get better because you have so much youth in this offense right now that's just going to continue to get better and better with the more reps and more experience that they get. Um Caden Figan is not even at the apex of what he could be from a potential standpoint. And he's really good right now. So, and Luke Altmeyer just turned 21 years old. So there's there's no doubt in my mind that this offense, if they continue to have continuity with Barry Lonnie, is going to get continue to get better and better. And I think that Barry Lonnie put 60 minutes on tape today that he can be really, really proud of and show his guys: hey, if we play our butt off like this this is what we can do from an offensive standpoint. Because quite frankly, Mike, if they don't have the turnovers, I'm not entirely sure Illinois wasn't going to keep going down the field. You know, if they didn't keep stubbing their own foot. But when you have that much youth and you have that much experience on the field, guess what's going to happen? Turnovers are going to happen.
2: Well, I'm going to just touch on one of those topics that Matt talked about. Matt, you're probably not going to like this, but I'm sure you know it's coming. I personally give Barry Lunny – I think this is one of his better games. I'm not going to say it was his best game. It was clearly one of his better games. But I think throwing the ball finally helps. The offense looked different. When we did our 10-minute breakdown of the game, you know, when the game was over, that's one of the things we talked about. They threw the ball around today. Williams had 13 catches. Bryan had seven catches. Fagan had catches. Washington, Ryman, and more. And they ran the football I mean granted they only had what 74 yards rushing which wasn't an ideal day but when you can throw the football and they finally threw it over the I shouldn't say they finally threw it over the top they converted because Pat Bryant had some catches today that I thought he should have came down with you know that he let slip but point being the offense wasn't vanilla today and I agree wholeheartedly the one in five play, a lot of people complain about that, but that's one play out of how many plays. You know what? That didn't cost you the game. Isaiah Williams' fumble didn't cost you the game. But I think Barry Loney deserves all the credit in the world because today it kept Minnesota off balance. They did not know what was coming. And to throw the ball around to that many different receivers, to me, is what an offense in 2023 should look like. I don't care if, you, if they, if they would have had – Two hundred and ninety-five yards rushing. If you get two hundred and ninety-five yards rushing and one hundred and eighty-five yards passing, that's a complete game to me, and it makes it tough for the for the def, um, for the defenders because you cannot sit and tell me, and <clears throat> that in today's world, and I know I know Brett Belemus Ball, we've all seen it, but today they gave themselves a chance, and I think personally they left points on the board, you know, with some of the drop passes and some of the turnovers. So kudos to you know, to, um, you know, to Barry Lunny. And maybe it was, the you know, the bye week, you know. And also, I think Luke Altmarie grew up. I, I Yeah, he threw a pick. You know what? People throw picks all the time. He's been really solid the second half of the season. So you can see some growth. Mike, you asked a question about Brett Bielema. Hopefully that this team will continue to get better and that they can see that they have the talent to compete with anybody in the West Division.
1: You know, Ted, old- you know why they threw the ball over the parking lot today? I'm just asking. Pardon, Pardon me? You know why they threw the ball over the parking lot? and all gonna
2: I don't I don't. I'd love to know why, but I don't care what they did. I know
1: I think that. They got pass oh, protection. <laughs> well, had, you know what?
2: Yeah. Okay. They had
1: That's one. Cad, let me answer. They yeah. had one scholarship tailback on the roster today. One. Yeah, but that one they had is pretty damn good. But they can't That'd give him 40 carries. Like, no, they no, can't, no, no, they I can't do that saying. to a 19 year old. So they had to throw it a little bit more today. Like, hey, but I'm, was, okay, let, let me ask you this
2: whether there was one tailback or not that was on the roster, and I, I saw the injury report because I know mm-hmm. guys didn't come. Was it effective today? Was it a balanced offense, in your opinion, today? Because you just gave Barry Lunny all the credit in the world today. You really did. Was it a balanced offense today, in your opinion?
1: I felt like Barry Lunny. Like I said, put it 60 minutes together. That was his best tape. So you need yeah. So now, be now. I would have liked to have seen them be able to run the football in the second half a lot better than they did. I would have liked to have seen them be able to basically put this game away in a way that big boy teams put games away. And they couldn't do that. One, because Caden Fagan was the only scholarship tailback on the 74-man roster today. And two, um, you know, there was a point in which I thought Luke Altmaier got tentative and didn't want to make certain throws because he didn't want to turn the ball over. At that point, I would have handed the ball to number three and said, go get us some yards, big boy. That's what I would have done. And I know that Brett Bielema is going to do that, kid. I know that Brett Bielema is going to run the football. That is going to be what the offense is philosophically, 100%. I'm telling you that Barry Lunny was playing probably with one hand tied behind his back today and was like the hell with it. Like, we got to do what we got to do just, you know, to figure this out today. Cause I'm not going to run my 19 year old tail back into the ground today. I'm just not going to freaking do it. Um, so I felt like they basically had to figure out a way to make chicken salad out of, you know, what, out of, you know chicken you know what with their with their tailback depth chart today and they did it um I thought they were real close to putting Isaiah at tailback if they had to put somebody else beside Kaden Fagan at tailback I thought they were damn close to doing that today because the backup running back in warm-ups was Nick Fidanza um and so um I think that Brett Bielema two things that I think Brett Bielema would really like for this defense to be able to, or this, this program to be able to do. And they really technically haven't done it yet. One is he wants the defense to close out a game. They haven't done it yet. They he'd like to be able to get them to do that 2 He'd like the running game to be able to close out a game. Haven't been able to do that yet either. That's the next step in the next progression for this offense to play big boy football and say, Hey, we're just gonna pound you we're gonna do what Purdue did against Illinois in that last fourth quarter and say like lights out we're like you're done and 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 so I don't I you know I I I, I told a colleague today that I was sitting with I've got a calendar I know what year it is I don't care and neither does the head coach at the University of Illinois at urbana-champaign like You've still got to be able to close football games by turning and handing to a tailback and playing big boy football and saying, look, you're not getting the ball back flat out. You're just not going to get it back. And so I think um, I think that's the next step for this offense. And I think that when this offense gets more experienced talent um, and these guys get a little bit older. I think you're going to see that just like you saw it last year um, with Chase Brown and the offensive line that Illinois was able to put out there last year. So, and the defense that Illinois was able to put out there last year, they were able to close out a lot of games too.
0: So, yeah, I, I the only thing I would want Barry Lunny to to limit is the number of lateral screens. I, I just get tired. I mean, Isaiah got just dem, demolished out there, you know, and, and I also think at some point, <clears throat> there's going to be a, a, a cornerback who decides I'm not going to make the big hit. I'm going to go for the pick six. And, and that, that is a, that is a pass that you've got to time up really well. And so I, I would, I wouldn't mind seeing that maybe done a little less often. I, I do like the way they got fegging the ball out there a little bit better. And I also think that's a little safer. It's a harder pass to, uh, take to the house because the cornerback's got to go through a 250 pound guy to get that pass. And it's, or, or it has to be a just a horrifically thrown pass for somebody to pick six, that one. Um, but again, that, other than that, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're really splitting some hairs cause I thought this was a good one. So, um, next up is Indiana. Um, let's wrap up our thoughts about this game and then, uh, just so folks know, you know, we'll have uh, stories all week, you know, kind of wrapping up. Matt's going to do some film work, um, but we'll have uh, stories all week on on uh, putting a bow on this game and then uh, additionally um, putting some thoughts into uh, the Indiana game next week. And we'll have a podcast that'll be released that'll let you listen to an Indiana insider as well but any thoughts about indiana before we uh, move forward um
1: not so much on indiana because i think illinois is gonna, even though indiana did what they did today at home against wisconsin i do think illinois is going to be favored um in that game at home against indiana I all i think indiana did today i think is save tom allen's job if if the 25 million dollar buyout didn't already do it um what I think is important about these last three games is if you win two of them, guess what? Illinois fans are dreaming of a postseason in, during Christmas. Like, you know what I mean? And Mike, you know the stats, but even better than I do, like putting back back-to-back bowl games is not something Illinois typically does. So Illinois is now two games away. And in, and in two games where I think they're going to be favored at home, to win those games, um, to being back to a postseason game that I think is big for this program. Not only for the fact that they can get back to a bowl game, but this very, very young team is now going to have 15 practices in which they can get better, just like bowl teams always do. And it's not an accident why the same bowl teams go to go to bowls every year. It's because they get those 15 practices and they're just flat out better come the spring than everybody else. Um, And so Um, It's just hard to break through that way, but I do think that Illinois, the only question I would have is because I know everybody knows the protocol at which Luke Altmaier came out of this football game. So can now John Paddock bottle what he did in this last minute of this game into a potential full game against Indiana? Because I'm not ruling Luke Altmaier out for this game, but if he has to do it, I found the post-game quotes from Isaiah Williams and from John Paddock and even from like Johnny Newton saying, this guy's got a lot of, sp- I, I I saw and I heard the same things that I heard about people talking about Tommy DeVito. His kid's got swagger. He's got confidence. He's almost borderline cocky when he comes into this, into a game, like into a game situation. So I think that this, these guys are going to rally around him if he has to make that start. Um, and I think that again, you have to hang your hat on the idea in these last games, these November games, that maybe this defense has turned a corner. And if that has happened, then Illinois can be a very, very dangerous team in November. And I don't think anybody in I don't think anybody in their last three games is going to want to play them. And that includes the road trip to Iowa. But I definitely think Illinois is going to be favored in these last two games, which means Illinois is right back on like th- that miraculous touchdown between John Paddock and Isaiah Williams could have flipped the entire narrative of how this season is looked upon. When, you know, if you finish five and seven and don't go to a bowl game, that's all anybody's going to remember. But you go to six and six and somehow get into a bowl game and it doesn't really matter what bowl game it is at that point, you've salvaged something and you've laid the foundation for what could come. With this really young football team going forward, so Illinois has everything to play for in the month of November now, and I don't know if we thought that was on the table at the end of September.
2: My thing is, you take one one game at a time. Odds to me, I don't care if Illinois is favored or not; they just got to win the game because you know I know the history. We all all three of us know the history with Illinois. They could be a seven point favorite and lose by eighteen. Just win the game. Take one game at a time to me. And let the tips fall where they may. That's the way I, I'm I'm looking at it from the rest of the season. Um yes, it looks good to look long term, but we've seen the, you know, how Illinois, is, you know, like last year, they won a roll, then they lost what, two or three in a row, teams that they should have beaten. And, you know, um people need to understand as well, Indiana and Northwestern and Iowa, they're not rolling over. They're going they are all fighting for coaches' jobs, for playing time, all of it. So just because Illinois, you you look at a record because let's face it, Illinois' record is not great either. And I'm, I'm I can assure you, the Hoosiers are thinking, okay, this team's not very good. Yeah, they beat Minnesota, but we just beat Wisconsin. You know, let's go on a roll and get this W. So, Illinois, great win. Enjoy it. Enjoy it for the for the next six days until it's time to play again. It's a big week coming up for Illinois athletics. Um women's volleyball is playing Wisconsin right now, the number two team in the country. The men kick off Monday. Uh, the women kick off Tuesday. Then you got football again this week. Actually, the men will play again later in the week. So it's a busy week for a lot of athletics, but enjoy the win.
1: Mike, yeah. quickly, I, I want to I point this out for all the people that, that want to cut bait on Barry Loney too. I think Illinois has the best offense in the Western Division, and I don't think it's close period. Like I think all of the, all of the reasons why Illinois hasn't won games in the past this year has to do with turnovers and has to do with the inability to stop a team on defense. I think Illinois, when they're playing at at an optimal level has, has the potential to be the fourth best offense in the big 10, if not better than that. And I think when you have that in your, in, 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 you know, When you have that in your quiver, you have that arrow in your quiver and you can score points. Guess what? You can win a lot of games in the Western Division because nobody else in the Western Division can score points. And so that's why I say it's huge if this defense has turned the corner. But I think I think Illinois can outscore anybody that they play over the last three games. And it's not out of like, look, I'm telling you people, this is not out of the equation that Illinois could end up in Indianapolis the same way that Purdue did last year. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that somebody at five and four is going to end up in Indianapolis. And I darn well guarantee you that Brett Bielema is telling all 74 guys that get on that plane tonight. Why can't it be you?
0: Yeah. Well, then there's, there's no reason why it couldn't be. And that's, you know, that's, that's the thing, I guess that, you know, the fans live and they get up, they get up and down and want people fired based on one play. Um, and, and the, you know, the coaches can't afford to get, you know, uh, go into a fetal position and start crying over one play or one game, you know, they've got to keep moving forward. And I, I don't know what the future holds for this team because they've been up and down this year. They could go 0 and three, the last three games, they could go three and O and be a team that could look really good in a bowl game and beat the tar out of somebody you know you you just don't know the 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 variance is there but ultimately this is what you you this is what these kids they prepare for you know is is to shine and get a chance to go to the bowl game get those extra practices and it gives them an opportunity to shine uh, and 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 get looked at for the NFL and we know that only 2% of them are going to play in the NFL but when you're in college you think you're going to be that 2%. Every single player wants to be one of that 2%. Here's your opportunity. Put it together. Listen to what your coach says, make it happen. And, um, you know, they've, they've got a coach who knows how to get people to the NFL and they've got a coach who, who, you know, you, you have to admit as he's standing on the sideline, barking orders to Barry Lunny about how the, you know, how, A minutes a long time if you're one of the players standing there listening to that and you end up winning the game you got to be thinking to yourself "Well, this guy knows what he's doing maybe i should pay attention a little bit
1: i don't know how many of these guys are two percenters mike but i damn sure know that we learned that number four on defense today is one of one and 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 i I'm, i'm telling you people question when johnny newton came back to school johnny newton has made millions I'm not talking about an NIL money. He has made millions because there is a team in the top 10 that's going to think heavily if they don't ever, if they don't even pull the trigger automatically about taking Johnny Newton in the NFL draft top 10 overall, because he is one of one. And, and I'm telling you that if Illinois was, you know, if Illinois wins the Purdue game and they win the Nebraska game and they're sitting here and they're, they're on the cusp maybe of being ranked, OK, and then like you know how a lot of things have had to flip, like for this season, right? Johnny Newton's probably, went, you know, getting national awards. You know, he's probably in for the Nagurski. He's probably, you know, he's probably going to get a whole bunch of consideration for national awards the same way that Chase Brown did last year, because he's one of one. And we learned today and I wrote the preview that 30 minutes, just hang on, Illinois, for 30 minutes. You're about to get one of the best defensive players in the country, if not the best for those final 30 minutes made all the difference in the world, all the difference in the world. So I don't know how many NFL guys are on this NFL or on this Illinois roster, probably more than a lot of us even suspect. But I do know that Johnny Newton is one of one. And I'm telling you that this, this, he is going to absolutely get high consideration for a top 10 pick the same way that Devin Witherspoon did and I've, I even feel like even with, you know, his, he's only 6'2", and he has physical limitations, according to all the NFL guys that I talked to, he is going to absolutely have an unbelievable impact in the NFL, because of what he's doing in college football right now. He's probably the only defensive lineman that is specifically game planned against in the entire country. I, I truly feel that way. I really, really do. And I and I think it showed today because Minnesota was completely different in the second half than they were in the
0: first. Yeah. And as we wrap up, I will tell you that when you when you watch him play, he reminds me a lot of John Randall from the Vikings back in the late 90s. Get a chance, watch him play. He was considered at the time undersized and was a freaking nightmare because he played harder than anybody else and he was fast. Um, But with that, folks, we are going to close up for the evening there. Remember, subscribe at IlliniGuys.com. We will have coverage throughout the week. There'll be a couple film reviews. There'll be numerous articles, uh, both about the game that just happened against the Golden Gophers and the game that's coming up with the Indiana Hoosiers. Stay with us. This team is going to nail-bite it right down to the very end. And uh, just like this game, they're easier... Uh, places to be a fan of, but at Illinois, let's hope we can get to the six games and it'll all be worth it. Whether you live in Champaign or Chicago, halfway across this great nation or halfway across the planet, IlliniGuys.com keeps you in the know. Whether it's game results or what's going on in recruiting behind the scenes, IlliniGuys.com covers it. Only $99 a year and you get a free seven day trial to kick the tires. Go to IlliniGuys.com. Click the register button that's right next to the seven-day free trial, and we'd love to have you as a subscriber. IlliniGuys.com. Thanks for listening to our show. Thank you so much, Matt Stevens and Kedrick Prince, for taking the time to come on. We will be back with a eye on the Illini that will feature the Indiana Hoosiers and preview that game. We'll also have a couple basketball eye on the Illini's this week as the fighting Illini men will be out as they play a couple teams, Eastern Illinois and Oakland this week on Monday will be Eastern and Oakland will be on Friday. If you're not going to go to the game, you'll need to have Big Ten Plus. You can go ahead and subscribe and then just stop it at the one month mark and you'll be good to go. With that, this is Illini guy Mike Kegley saying, go Illini.